We are planning to do a movie night hangout next week. Uh, I think it'll be Tuesday or Thursday. We don't have the date figured out yet. Uh, but as soon as we do, we're going to tweet it. So if you're interested in joining, um, check out our Twitter, uh, talk underscore direction. And we'll put that as like a pinned post, um, the date and time we're doing that. We've done this once before, and I think we used Google Hangout. So we're going to have to kind of figure out how we're going to do it. But essentially, we're all going to watch a movie together. Like we'll press play at the same time on our own devices. And if we can finagle a way to have a video um, situation where we can also like video ourselves, we will do that as well. Um, So it's like we're having a big virtual movie night. Um, Yay! We thought this would kind of be a fun thing to do while people are isolated in their homes. Um, so hopefully you will join us for that if you feel like it. Um, and we haven't picked the movie at all yet either. So maybe we'll pick a couple options and do like a Twitter poll or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to be next week. Um, keep an eye on our Twitter to find the date and time. This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 214th episode of Talk Direction. And today we are talking about Niall's new album, Heartbreak Weather. The day is finally here. I'm very excited to discuss this album. And uh, this is going to be our last album release for a while. Um, so unless we get a, a surprise Zayn album, um, all the other boys have just released albums, so it's going to be a while before we get a new album, and it feels a little bittersweet to be doing this episode. Yeah, it really does. It's odd. It's an end of, like, the waiting era and the exciting, like, lead up to all of this. <clears throat> it, yeah. This was keeping us going for a long time, and now we've gotten them all. Yeah. So uh, we are also um, all dealing with a a global pandemic right now, which is pretty crazy. It is currently March 18th, Wednesday, where uh, as we're recording, and um, we uh, we're just going to chat about kind of how we're dealing with this um, at the start of this episode. And then we're going to get into heartbreak weather. but um, how are you holding up, Caitlin? What's kind of the status with your, your work and your, your house and everything? Um, so I'm currently working from home um, because I work at a place with kids and they're out of school and we're gonna, we were going to keep going with our program, but it just doesn't make sense to keep going. Um, so now I'm working from home <clears throat> um, and... Uh, I'm living with my parents who are almost 60. Um, so I've been trying to really isolate and, um, I've been like fully quarantined for like two days. Um, but it's gonna keep going. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, my youngest sibling just came back from college 
because that's now online so we've added right. <laughs> new germs to the mix so oh yeah <laughs> yeah so we're just like okay well like the incubation period is like two weeks or something so let's mm-hmm. wait two weeks hopefully none of us will have it by then and then we'll mm-hmm. all be okay um yeah it's just kind of like I'm trying to take things day by day and not get into that sort of panic state um mm-hmm. and I think it's difficult because every time you log on to Instagram or Twitter, like everyone's talking about it. Um, it right. feels like the escapes that are usually the escapes from the world are like no longer escapes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yesterday, my mom and I played some board games, which was really fun. Um, definitely, it's kind of weird knowing that we can't leave the house. You know, usually I don't necessarily leave the house that much. Like I'm not a social butterfly but at least I have the option and like when I do Mm -hmm. go like I'm even if it's like by myself I'm still getting out and like going to stores or going to Starbucks and stuff so right that feels sad that that's no longer an option um but I know I'm in such a privileged position so I'm really like Mm -hmm. thankful for like the abilities that I do have to be in this house to um like be able to go out in my yard or go take my dogs for a walk like yeah you know so I'm trying to think of that but yeah it's definitely difficult and seeing all the stuff that's happening um, and like not knowing I think is a big thing not knowing Mm -hmm. when it's going to end how many months this is going to go on like it's just yeah it's no one knows anything about this like no one's experienced this and the fact that it's global it's definitely such a freaky thing Um, but I'm definitely just trying to like you know be like okay this is what we're gonna do you know we're just gonna follow the rules and just that's all you can do really you can't have so much control so I just figure like do your best you know Mm -hmm. some things are out of your control so I just don't want to like panic think all the time right yeah I think that's healthy yeah I'm not really sure what I just said I feel like I spewed a lot but (laughs) (laughs) just kind of a mind jargon how are you doing Lucia I'm okay. It's been tough. Um, I am self-employed. I have my own business um, that is training dogs. And so I'm definitely already heavily affected and I will continue to be as we go forward. Uh, So it's pretty scary. I don't have, I'm not someone who has like money and savings. Um, I'm, you know, kind of living paycheck to paycheck over here. Um, And yeah, I'm, I'm working kind of, I'm kind of doing a half like working halfway right now um so I'm not doing um consults or sessions unless we can meet outdoors where we can kind of keep the six feet distance between us Mm -hmm. um and I can kind of coach people that way but of course a lot of my clients are kind of like wanting to wait until it's over um so pretty much all of my sessions have been canceling and no one's trying to like uh you know hire me right now so no one new is coming on right now Um, for sessions or consults Um, so I'm trying to get creative and offer like some online um, like Skype sessions for people Um, and then also offering like discounts for um, for board and train or discounts for packages if people buy packages now they can use them later um, just to kind of keep some flow of money Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm also doing like board and train um, programs where the dogs stay at my house for like many weeks at a time um, which is obviously easier to do in this situation because there's not um I'm not having contact with the owners except for uh drop off and pick up 
Um, but yeah, I feel for everyone who is being affected, you know, monetarily through this. And um, it's definitely stressful because, as Caitlin said, we just don't know how long it's going to be. Um, so, you know, if, if I could be like, okay, well, I just have to make it to, you know, April 1st right. and then I'll be okay. But it's kind of like, ooh, like it could be till summer, um, you know, that I could be affected financially. So that is the most stressful part that I'm dealing with right now. Um, I'm lucky in that I have friends who um, and family who can help me if I'm, you know, in a real emergency. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to end up, you know, homeless. Um, Not that I have rich friends, but um, I have friends with like houses that I could go stay at if I needed to or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not like, uh, you know, I'm not worried that, you know, I'll be homeless, basically. Right. And there's a lot of people who probably are worried about that right now. So I'm definitely lucky in that way. Um, and then it's stressful with my my family because my, my parents live in San Francisco. Um, and they're over 65. My mom has asthma. And so I was actually – I'm going to California um, in a week <laughs> to pick up some dogs for board and train. And I was going to stay with them, um, but I'm not going to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even going to see them because I don't – want to risk um you know if I have something giving it to them um so that's kind of sad that I won't be able to see them and then also just like the unknown of like how long is it gonna be that I won't be able to see my parents yeah um so that's kind of the other like stressful thing for me um my brother works at a grocery store um in San Francisco and he's working right now his normal hours actually more more than normal hours because grocery stores are so busy um and he said that was it sunday or monday one of those days they made more money than they made at thanksgiving and christmas combined wow that's which is crazy. like absolutely wild um yeah so um i feel like my obviously my my the way i'm handling it with my business is one thing but how i'm kind of handling it emotionally is i'm trying to just stay in touch with people and talk to people a lot mm-hmm. um I think like FaceTiming your friends and your family is like really really helpful mm-hmm. in these times um and just just checking in with people like daily you know seeing how other people are feeling about it um I think is really helpful it's hard to be kind of isolated yeah um but I think one of the ways you can kind of help yourself through it is just like you know call your friends call your your family members um or, you know, FaceTime them because um, that, that has been helpful for me. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously different in, you know, wherever you are in the world. Um, so I'm in Portland, Oregon. Surprisingly, we are not, like, super affected right now considering that we're, you know, Seattle's on top of us, which is where it kind of started in the U.S., California's below us. Both of those places have a really high number of cases. I don't know why Oregon doesn't have that many, but we don't right now. Um, I mean, we, we have more than a lot of other places, but in, in um, the Bay Area, they actually have a shelter-in-place order right now, mm. um, which basically means don't leave your house unless it's essential. Um, and that's, like, lasting for a few weeks. So, anyways, now I'm rambling. <laughs> I mean, that, like, that's the thing, though. It's so confusing, and we just have all these feelings that don't really make sense. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't need to make sense. It's just sometimes good to talk about it and know that other people are kind yeah. of feeling confused and, like, 
right recognizing the good things that you have in your position but also like accepting that it's okay to feel frustrated or upset Mm -hmm. or you know whatever it is like yeah i think one of the nice things is like or not one of the nice things but one of the kind of unique things about this is that literally everyone is experiencing it this is a global pandemic like none of us have ever experienced this in our lives before maybe some of our grandparents have had you know when when there's been like wars but Mm -hmm. um you know for most of us this is this is not something we've ever experienced um this you know is happening globally and so there is something kind of nice in that you know that like literally everyone is experiencing the same thing mm-hmm. um and i think that there i've seen a lot of um you know kind of positive stuff of like um people um you know trying to trying to help and like yeah i don't know humanity coming together yeah yeah definitely yeah. um so we are going we're going to be doing a um tddl which is talk direction down low which is a 30 minute extra episode that we do on patreon um and today we're going to be kind of talking about more about um just kind of how we're handling this um kind of more specifically about like if you are you know trying to stay home and self-isolate kind of how we might uh get through that um and um yeah just more on that so um if you're on patreon you'll be able to listen to that right now and if you're not you can join us at patreon.com slash talk direction um our last tddl we did uh we looked at um harry styles first album versus his second album and kind of did some comparisons and looking at at the difference of those um but yeah that's kind of that for now um one other thing is like if you are if you are freaked out or if you're if you're self-isolating and you're alone or just lonely in general um feel free to reach out to us Mm -hmm. you can like message us tweet us um you know we'd love to like chat with you um I think you know it's probably hard for some people who are who are isolated on on their own. Yeah. Um, if you don't have you know a community that you can like or people you can call, um, you know you can definitely reach out to us and we'd be happy to to chat with you and <laughs> mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, we're gonna get through this together, guys. Yes, we will. I think you know it's scary because there's not we don't know how long it's gonna be, but it is gonna be temporary. Yes. Um, regardless of how it pans out regardless of what happens it will be temporary yeah um and we're you know we're gonna get to the other side um so that's something to kind of keep in mind Mm -hmm. that um as my dad used to always say to me which used to drive me crazy this too shall pass Mm -hmm. (laughs) very true he would say that to me anytime I was going through a hard time and I would get so frustrated because I was like, well, you could say that about anything. If I'm having the best day of my life, you could say, oh, this day's going to (laughs) pass. But now that I'm a little older, I I understand the wisdom of it. It's just, it's just, none of us knows what's going to happen. The best we can do is just, um, you know, take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. All right. That is that for our intro, and now we're going to put all of that behind us and talk about Niall's album, which is called Heartbreak Weather. For some reason, this doc says heartache weather, (laughs) which is wrong. So, (laughs) Niall released this album uh, March 13th, 
and um, this is the email he sent out about it. In October 2018, I wrote the first song for this record. Both you and I have been waiting for this day for a long time. I had so much fun and a lot of hard moments writing this album, and I'm very proud of the, of the record as a body of work. Now it's yours. Dance, laugh, cry, take the lyrics in, do whatever makes you feel it. Thank you for your patience and loyal support, as always. I really hope that you love it as much as I love it. P.S. Please listen from track one right through to the end to feel the storyline. Love you all, Nihiler. Oh. Um, and I know I said we're putting that all behind us, but actually <laughs> I lied. <laughs> because <laughs> obviously releasing an album during a pandemic is not something that people are used to doing. Yeah. Um, so I feel pretty bad for Niall, but he's honestly doing such a good job of, like, making the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he tweeted basically right after the album came out, uh, surely as far as difficult second albums go, I've smashed it with my timing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he posted on Instagram yesterday, uh, thanks for an amazing response to my new album, Heartbreak Weather. It's obviously a very strange time in the world right now, but I hope that in the crazy time, my music brings you something nice and everyone is safe in their homes whilst doing so. Love you all. Keep buying and streaming. Um, So... Um, I was going to get into promo, but I think we'll actually talk about our listening experiences first, and then we can get, move on to, to the promo. Okay. Um, does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So what, how did you listen to this album? Did you space it out? Did you listen to it all at once? Did you listen to it in chronological order as Niall (laughs) asked us to? I listened in order, but not like all the way through one go like I Mm -hmm. listened to like heartbreak weather first and then listened to that on repeat a couple times then listened to the next song a couple times in a row and I think I Mm -hmm. did them all in one day um, okay but over the course of the day um and I had work Mm. part way through so like I did yeah I think most of the songs on my way to work and then I had a couple songs left over yeah. Um, and then I listened to the two Target edition songs yesterday because Stephanie sent me the um, iTunes or like MP3s that I could put to my Apple Music because nice. I haven't gone to Target to get it. Right. Um, Had you not listened to those since yesterday? I mean, till yesterday? Yeah, I hadn't listened till Ooh. yesterday. So that was oh, my fine. first time listening to those. So I definitely know the other songs a lot better than those two ones. But then yesterday I listened yeah. to those ones a ton on repeat because I only had right. two. Um, yeah. But pretty much I've been like that was my first listen listening through like that. But since then mm-hmm. I've like this past weekend we did a lot of cleaning in the house and I was just blasting Mm. the album and singing along and dancing and that's when I really like got into it I feel like because I like started to get to know the songs I was singing along I was dancing um so I've just kind of been listening every day on repeat multiple times a day um really yeah it's been really good and each time you listen to it do you listen to it in order or do you kind of skip around I'm listening in order for sure yeah um but maybe there's been times i would start somewhere else but i think mostly Mm. starting at the beginning to be honest yeah do you feel like you're doing that because this is like a a storyline album or or just because you would have done that anyways i think just because i would have done it and i think also because i don't necessarily have 
like a favorite spot on the album like versus mm. harry's sometimes like i'm really in the mood to hear certain sections of the album because they're right. so different so yeah. i'm like oh i really want i'm in the mood to start it at the beginning and get all like the jammy songs or like i really want to start it at like canyon moon and just listen to like the epicness of the end of the album so right. yeah it, the, for that like i would start it in different places but with niles i think there's like kind of more constancy <laughs> like it's more equally mm-hmm. distributed across the album mm-hmm. so yeah it kind of it kind of goes like up and down up and down up and yeah. it's kind of like a steady flow as yeah. opposed to like this is the happy section this is right. the sad section yeah so i feel like that's more the case and and niles album versus last album too i think while there's slower tempo songs, there's not super uber slow tempo songs on this album. And the ones that are kind of mid slow yeah. tempo, they're still like really good to sing along with and like kind of groove to. Um, totally. So it doesn't make me want to like, if I'm like feeling really upbeat, I'm not like, oh, I want to skip this section because it's too slow, you know? Like I just still want so to listen to it. That's so Yeah. Yeah, because I would say like this, the slowest songs would be like, put a little love on me and still but each of those songs still have like a big a big sing-along chorus yeah definitely or maybe maybe put a little love on me doesn't have like a big chorus but it has a really single singable chorus yeah um yeah well that's awesome so it sounds like you're loving it (laughs) yeah i'm like totally dancing and grooving to it yeah um are there any songs that you've identified as like songs that you don't like or songs that are like top favorite? Um, songs that I don't like? I don't think so. There's probably songs I don't know as well or haven't made such a deep connection to like Cross Your Mind and New Angel just maybe because they're later mm-hmm. on in the album or there wasn't anything that necessarily hooked me right away. But I wouldn't say it's not because I don't like them. It's more like I haven't or like arms of a stranger I don't know I haven't like necessarily made that huge connection to them um Mm -hmm. I know like the first half of the album better I think um probably because if I'm starting it at the beginning there's more of a chance I'll hear the first half more than the second half um but I definitely love small talk like that's up there nice to meet you still Mm -hmm. might be my favorite overall um but small talk is so good um yeah um and like i don't know everywhere is great uh still Mm -hmm. is really beautiful i like bend the rules i like dear patience black and white while it's like this heteronormative situation it's like also such Uh a party jam (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so yeah i don't know those ones that i named kind of are up there for me um yeah yeah there's like a little bit but i'm still trying to learn the album a little bit more you know Mm mm-hmm yeah um i feel like as i've been listening to it so i listened for the first time on saturday Mm -hmm. and um kind of as i've listened to it i've developed like new favorites so like my first listen i had my favorites but then like as i've listened to it like every day i have like i'll 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 have a new song that like i kind of notice in a different Mm -hmm. way or like speaks to me more um and that's been really interesting to kind of see um the different songs kind of coming up as like more of my songs that I'm enjoying more I think when I first listened the songs that didn't hook me 
not the songs that didn't hook me, but the ki- the songs that kind of like went under the radar more were kind of all the kind of mid tempo ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, um, I feel like there's a few songs on the album that kind of have a similar kind of mid tempo vibe. Um, like, uh, I think like Bend the Rules, Arms of a Stranger, Cross Your Mind, New Angel. Mm-hmm. I think those kind of like blended together for me on the first listen yeah um but then like as i've continued to listen i've had like like new angel kind of really was like a standout for me today particularly Mm -hmm. i was like really really jamming to it um so yeah i um i love this album a lot uh my friend um page was actually visiting me when i first heard this album um they they got on a plane and came here kind of before things got really bad um it was like right at the beginning of of kind of us you know realizing that coronavirus was here um and they had like a, a little panic and just came like, out on a plane to visit me <laughs> they were like if i came to visit you would you be free and i was like sure when and they were like how about tonight <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um so yeah, so they came to visit me and it was actually like, it's been amazing or it was amazing to have them here because mm-hmm. kind of as things got really bad, I like had someone with me yeah. um, and like someone from home because uh, they're from the Bay as well. Mm-hmm. So that's been really, that was really nice. And then we got to listen to Niall together Aww. on Saturday. So, um, so yeah, we listened to the album together for the first time. I just played it on my like nice speaker. Um, we listened to it um, from front to back, including the bonus songs Um and then after that, I've, like, listened to it in the car a couple times. Um, I've been listening to it on my headphones a lot. Um, so I would say I've been listening to it quite a lot um, since Saturday. And um, it's really too hard to pick my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that thing where when I list my favorites, I kind of just, like, start listing all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, on first listen, my favorites were, like, Heartbreak Weather, Black and White, um, Small Talk, San Francisco, Still, um, Put a Little Love on Me. Like, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's none that that I'm trying to skip. There's none that I don't like. Um, There's some that, like, haven't really wormed their way in yet, but, um, but yeah, overall, I just, I love, I love all of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Niall's promo and then we'll kind of go back to our, our feelings about the songs. I'm jumping around here. I don't know why I just am. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Niall's like promo week, he's been so busy. Um, and by promo week, I'm kind of meaning like last week and this week. So I guess like yeah. two weeks. Um, so the week leading up to the album, he did a stint on The Late Late Show with James Corden, where he was on um, every night, which was really fun. Um, he did a few skits with James, um, including one with, where they were singing the Proclaimer song, I Would Walk 500 Miles, and they they would, like, be sent in uh, in, like, hostage situations. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I really liked that I one. didn't really understand it. quite makes sense to me i was like am i missing something yeah i didn't totally understand it either at first i thought it was like oh like people are being driven 
crazy by this song because right. it's like gets stuck in your head. But then later it seemed to make people happy. It was so, really unclear, but it was enjoyable. It was fun. a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of the skits were kind of confusing, but I feel like that <laughs> is pretty common for James Gordon. Yes. <laughs> they did a Hot Wings one, which was disgusting. Yep. Um, <laughs> I skipped through that one. <laughs> um, Niall did Tweet Dreams, where he read tweets that people wrote about dreams they had with him in it, which I loved. <laughs> I didn't watch that one. I, I need to it, catch up on some of these. Yeah, that one was posted, I think, like just yesterday. Okay. Um, I don't have, like, regular TV, so I can't watch this stuff live. I just watch, like, on mm-hmm. YouTube after it's aired. Um, he did Carpool Karaoke, which was super exciting. Um, and there was a segment where he was in a field and they put pigeons on him <laughs> because he has a fear of pigeons, apparently, which is <laughs> kind of odd. Yes. <laughs> um, but they sang Slow Hand, Steal My Girl, Put a Little Love on Me, and No Judgment. Um, and then he also did performances. So he performed No Judgment, Put a Little Love on Me, Nice to Meet Ya, and Black and White. And he might have performed a fifth song that's not out yet. Um, I couldn't fi- I couldn't find information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you watch the performance of Black and White? Because it was the first time he had done it live. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I know I been so much listened to the song before the performance, but I'm not sure if I've gone back. I may right. have, because I think yeah. I was watching some of them, but I don't know if I watched that one in particular. Yeah. What was he wearing? <laughs> um, For black and white, what was he wearing? He All of his outfits during these performances were, like, amazing. They were so um, cute. Right? The one that he wore during during put a little love on me i'm obsessed with he was wearing like this little like bandana scarf around his neck um i remember and like a white um like a white button down Mm -hmm. um i like his matching sets where it almost looks like it's a jumpsuit because it's like a mash matching shirt and pants it made me want him to wear like like a jumpsuit type situation like kind of like um someone who would work on cars would wear totally no that's the outfit he was wearing for put a little love on me okay yeah it was like i really like yeah so it was like white pants and a white shirt and it is a button-up but it's more like a like a cowboy shirt yeah um and then like this this scarf around his neck it was definitely it was it was was definitely like a cowboy look um but yeah very stylish and then when he did no judgment um he started like in like the break room and he, like, walked through, like, the whole, like, building uh, singing the song, which was really fun. And it made me really curious, like, if they fi- were able to film that in one go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But also loved his outfit for that. He was wearing, like, this kind of, like, mauve suit. Um, I've really been enjoying his yeah, style Yeah, he's really lately. stepping it up. It's so cool. It, it kind of reminds me, yeah. like, a little bit of, like, 50s, like, greaser sort of situation. Yes. I don't know. It's totally. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, he also put out a video for Heartbreak Weather, a music video, which was kind of a compilation of all of the weather forecasts that he did. Um, 
So leading up to the album, he put out a weather forecast for each song. (laughs) (laughs) And then he made a music video for Heartbreak Weather where he was, you know, each time they filmed one of those, they would take some footage for that. Um, So that was really fun, a really fun video to watch. Um, And then he also put out a new video, like an alternative video for No Judgment um, with this adorable child, um, four-year-old ballet dancer Brody Schaefer um on instagram he has an instagram he's four (laughs) and it's boss baby brody um so he's kind of instagram famous like this account um but he is a four-year-old and he's a ballet dancer and he has like a lot of videos on instagram where he is wearing like dresses um and so i think kind of the concept was like you know you can be a boy and like wear a, dre- wear a dress and like no judgment and kind of, you know, his family was participating in it too. So it was like parents and his siblings were all kind of dancing around. So that it's was really, a real really family. Cute. Cause that's what I thought. Yes. And then I didn't realize this child was like famous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's his real family. Um, and he's actually like his, his dancing is, is very impressive. Like yeah. if you, when you're watching the video, he's like, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. You're actually like really good. <laughs> it was definitely very good. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of looks like my brother when he was a kid. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I really, really loved this version. It was so cute. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I'm watching the and Instagram just like the sweet right now. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and just like a sweet message of like his family being accepting of of who he wants to yeah. be, you know, which kind of goes along with Niall's idea of no judgment. Yeah, oh, so cute. Yeah. Oh, and that closet i was like is that that oh my God. person's real closet like there were so many cool things in it i wanted that closet <laughs> i know i wanted to dance around in that closet i was like is like, that the real house clothes. or is this a yeah closet? I, don't know. I know that i don't know <laughs> i'm jealous oh i'm looking at the mom's instagram it looks like she's got a lot mm. of cool clothes so does she yep i bet it was their house in their closet yeah i bet yeah yeah anyways really cool video idea um and then there are also what niall has called official visualizers on youtube for each of his songs um which uh basically it's like if anyone's familiar with spotify um they'll often do a little video on spotify which is like a 10 or 15 second loop um and so that's what these are it's uh it's the whole song but it loops so it's like there's like a 10 or 15 minute clip um, and then it just loops for the whole song. Um, but as we go through the song kind of track by track, we're going to pull those up so we can reference them and see if it like adds anything to the songs. Cause I know for a couple of them it does. And I didn't watch them yet. So it'll be brand new for me. Oh yes. This will be very exciting. I think he didn't do them for the deluxe tracks, which is very unfortunate. So. The bonus tracks. And I'm not sure why, but, um, but he did them for all of the other tracks. Um, and then lastly, uh, as far as promo goes, is Niall has been on social media all day, every day. <laughs> and he's tweeted so much and, like, replied to fans so much. Um, and he's also done a number of Instagram lives um, where he's talk- talking about the album, playing us some of the songs, like, teaching us the chords, talking about how he wrote them. Um, he's, like, really gone into depth. Um, he did a two-hour Instagram live yesterday. Wow. Um, yeah, and he said so much about the song. So a lot of this stuff I don't have here because I made this doc, like, a few days ago. Um, 
but I'm sure we'll get into those details when we kind of when we do song discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'll kind of be more applicable to the to the song discussions. But yeah. but yeah, the Instagram lives have been so fun. Um, I love that he's been like playing all the songs. Uh, I saw Bianca tweet that it's like we're getting a living room concert from Niall. Because <laughs> um, the Instagram lives he did yesterday, I think he played like every song on the album. He just went through and like wow, that's crazy. Played little bits and sang them. Yeah, it's it's been really nice. If any of you missed it, um, people will typically upload them to YouTube. Um, so I'm sure if you search like Niall Horan Instagram mm-hmm. live, you can. You can find it um and it actually should be on his actually no this is posting tomorrow so it won't be on his instagram anymore but i'm sure you can find it if you want mm-hmm. um so yeah that's kind of been the promo and i'm sure he's going to continue um he is uh you know self-isolating as all of us are um so i'm sure he'll be you know on social media a lot more um and yeah, one last thing that we kind of, uh, or one other thing that we didn't mention at the top is, um, is concerts being affected. Yeah. Obviously, that is a big thing that is an impact for most of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we just forgot to talk about that. But, but um, I know Louis has had to cancel tour dates. Uh, Niall has postponed the sale of some of his upcoming tour dates. Um, and there's a lot of question about, uh, about tour dates coming up, mm-hmm. like whether or not we're going to have to to miss them i'm sure harry's are going to be canceled too yeah harry will yeah harry will have some canceled dates so you know that sucks for people who are really looking forward to that um and for people who spent money on that you know hopefully you can get your money back from airlines Mm -hmm. i think a lot of airlines are at least giving you credit for future flights during this um but yeah anyone who's having to miss concerts uh obviously we feel your pain um and hopefully it won't you know, last too long that uh, all of our hairy dates I know. will be messed up because uh, me and Caitlin have a lot of plans to see. I know. See I'm Harry like hoping summer. that by July, like we still have a yeah. couple months. Yeah. But like, who really knows? Because now they're saying right. like this is not going to be done until like July or August, like best case right. or something like that, or worst case. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I'm just gonna keep my fingers crossed, but. Yeah, I mean, the more people can be proactive about, you know, self-isolating, obviously the faster we'll get through it. But yeah. unfortunately, a lot of people aren't taking it seriously. And then yeah. a lot of people are taking it seriously but can't just stop working. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, Niall's, Niall, I, I'm planning to go see Niall in May. Obviously, that might change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing to keep in mind is that, like, concerts will get rescheduled yeah we will get to go eventually um obviously if you know there could be situations where your individual schedule doesn't allow for that um obviously for caitlin if you're going to school next year and you know shows get rescheduled for when you have to be in school uh that could be a problem so nothing to do but wait and see on that (laughs) um but um but yeah so um there also were some things that i wanted to read that niall posted on twitter um some of them are very pertinent to the album and then i think a couple of them i just included because they were funny oh yeah this one uh someone tweeted hey at niall official i went to target to get your album but it was sold out 
I'm not even mad. I love that everyone else is loving it too. And Niall replied and he said, no toilet roll and no Niall Horan <laughs> albums. It's a weird world. <laughs> I love how this whole thing has really like made the stars. They're just like us. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> like famous people are also dealing with no toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely, like, a, a find-the-humor-in-situations person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm personally loving all, all of the memes and, yes. and stuff around this. Um, another funny one I included, someone said, uh, posted a video of them dancing. Um, and I think it was to Black and White. And they said, Niall, my dodgy knees are sore from dancing so hard to heartbreak weather. And he replied and said, that's what it's about. I've been dancing around like this for years. That's why my <laughs> knees are in bits. <laughs> Um, do you want to read the next two? Sure. Um, Tomo the Tomlinson said, what's your favorite out of those four? So Niall had tweeted, um, like a poll about with four songs and which one was our favorite. Um, Niall said, it's hard for me cause I wrote every lyric and played on every song. And this is the first time I've written a collection of songs where I find it hard to really pick a favorite. There's not one song on the album that I would get rid of. Um, and then someone said, I love how groovy this album is, Niall. And Niall said, me too. Some of the grooves on the album are filthy. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very tiring record to play live, actually. We'll sleep well every night after the show, especially for bass and drums. Um, and then finally, 997 now tweeted all the love. Oh, uh, I know it's confusing. The middle, the first tweet was, was Niall saying, uh, the San Jose show will be the hardest on the tour. And then 97 now retweeted it and said, all the love the Bay is getting tonight from you is insane. We can't wait. And then Niall responded, the album starts and finishes in the Bay. Oh, I know. So that'll be the hardest one because of where emotionally emotionally it's okay got it got it got it got it yeah he also said um i'm obviously never going to say why but the bay area has a lot of meaning to this album dot dot oh i know (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah i love his thing about the grooves being filthy and that it's very tiring to play live um because I, I like feel that too when you're listening to the songs. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be so fun to hear live. This is going to be so fun to hear live. And then thinking about the musicians up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's going to be tiring. Yes. <laughs> like, I swear, most of this is like, last album for him was so many slow songs. I think the majority on this album are like upbeat dance songs. Like, yeah. every single one. There's like only like two or three that aren't out of 14 mm-hmm. slash 16 songs if you include the bonus. Yeah. So it's super different mm-hmm yeah and then i'm obviously very intrigued about all the the bay area references because you know that's my home mm-hmm. my hometown um so it's, it's very been very fun for me <laughs> <laughs> um when you listen to this album kind of based on the singles we got which was nice to meet you put a little love on me and no judgment mm-hmm. um was the rest of the album what you expected I think No Judgment might be the best representation of the whole album based on those three mm-hmm. songs. Um, yeah. Put a Little Love on Me is kind of like the slowest song. 
Right. Um, and there's not many that are in that lane. So unlike mm-hmm. last album where like that was the lane, that one kind of stands out. Um, I think Nice to Meet You sort of fits, but I think it's more um, musically maybe raw than some of the other parts of the album. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Like more mm-hmm. just like musically maybe a little bit more advanced or something. Yeah. I feel like that one's like a little bit more experimental and it doesn't have the same production as the other songs. Yeah. I feel like it leans more towards Harry's kind of style than um, Niles. And I think No Judgment is more of a representation of the production on um, Niles' album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Yeah. I feel like I really wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when I listened to the album, it, it felt very unexpected. But at the same time, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, because as you said, like the singles we got were so different from each other. Um, so it's not like I was going in thinking like, oh yeah, this is what it will sound like. Yeah. Um, but I still found myself really surprised. I think starting with the first track, Heartbreak Weather, I was like, holy cow, this is like, uh, like super poppy. I yes. think that was my first, my biggest first impression yeah. was like how pop this album is. Yeah. Um, which I love. Yeah, it honestly, like, every song, I was, like, when I'm doing my song by song, you'll see. But I'm, like, this could be Mm -hmm. on One Direction's album. Like, this sounds like it's a Shawn Mendes song. This sounds like, like, there's just a lot of references I heard. It it reminds me of the four era from One Direction a lot. Totally. Um, And from a personal, my, my personal feeling is, like, I think, like, I thought that, too. Like, oh, my God, this could be a One Direction song. Um, in like a super good way, yeah. like you know, oh my god, this is like a jam. Yeah, exactly. Um, it feels like, like that, this is like, where One Direction would have pop. That's gonna be fun. You're gonna sing along. You're gonna dance to it. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I feel like this is where One Direction would have gone if they had stayed together. Mm-hmm. For a lot yeah, of the that kind makes of sense. yeah, a lot of the song oh, or not not the whole album as a whole, but the songs that reminded me of One D. I can kind of see like being on. Yeah, uh, you know, the non-existent n- next album. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like production-wise, definitely, like so much of the mm-hmm. sounds. I was like, this. There's got to be a one D song that has this sound in it because it sounds exactly yeah. like it. <laughs> right. Um, do you feel like you have an idea of how you would describe this album as far as like genre goes or sounds? Um, I'd say it's like pop rock. Um, with a bit of yeah. like that modern Ed Sheeran type sounds, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just kind of like dancey fun, like pop mm-hmm. rock jams that are fun and easy. Yeah, I guess I don't know. That's not really a musical category, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, what would you say? Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I would. I would describe it as kind of pop like electro pop mm. rock um i found there to, the, i found like the production to have like a lot of that kind of like current um like electronic pop yeah. stuff like sound to it yeah um and so met like so much um zane oh. influence in this album i mean i probably not influenced but like so many songs where i was like whoa like this you'll have to has point so those much out because i didn't have any like I yeah any moments like that i will as we go through yeah. um but yeah that was kind of unexpected because i wasn't 
Niall didn't really have any of that on his last album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's like the first album, uh, I think one of the kind of complaints was that it was like heavily produced. Mm-hmm. So like they edited it, they edited it really tightly. So like everything was perfect. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't actually like that because they wanted it to be more raw and have more of a live sound to it. Yeah. And on this album, I feel like a lot of the songs are still heavily produced, just in a really different way. Yeah, um, I agree. And I, I think maybe it works differently with this type, this genre, versus like that slow singer-songwriter stuff yeah. where you want it to be a Absolutely. lot more rough and raw. And like yeah. these kind of fall into a different category. So like the production is very different. But I don't know yeah. if I would say, oh, it's overproduced because like that's what kind of this is supposed to sound like, I guess. Yeah. No, totally agree. Yeah. It really lends itself to like the the high production. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally and I think agree. too, like there's more um, diversity in instruments and like mm-hmm. vocal like runs and changes that happen at different parts in the song that doesn't make it seem so... Um, like you can't just land on one part of a song and be like, oh, this could be anywhere in the song. Like different parts stand out, I think more. Yeah. Um, and like there's more diversity in the instruments and interesting parts, probably not in the same way that Harry's album has like so many unique bits and bobs, but I think it's more than his last album, which I appreciate. There are definitely mm-hmm. some places where I'm like, oh, I wish he pushed that even farther. You know, like mm. I wish he'd like gone up to an even higher note or like done the harmony mm. even like one, like whatever more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's yeah. like, a big difference from last album still, though. Totally. I feel like Niall is such like a, a touring musician guy. And so I think he was writing this album with that so much in mind mm-hmm. of like, how am I going to play this live? Like, how am I going to do this live? Yeah. And so I'm sure that has an effect on the writing process as well like he's not going to write songs that are really high like that he would have to strain to sing mm-hmm. um or like harmony you know things that would be harder to like kind right. of have on tour i feel like he kind of is one of those people that thinks about that a lot yeah um similarly to harry like obviously harry has that's something he he takes into account as well because he's really a, you know both of <clears throat> both Niall and harry are really performers yeah um they love to play their songs live and they're really good at it um and obviously Harry has like chosen his band so specifically. Um, so, um, yeah. So, uh, Niall put out a target edition that has two extra songs. So the, the regular edition of the album has 14 tracks and then the target edition has two bonus tracks for a total of 16. Um, he's talked a lot about this, so he's made it very clear that the two bonus tracks are very much a part of the album. The only reason they're bonus songs is because he was basically required by contract to give Target two exclusive songs. <laughs> um, he didn't want to write two kind of throwaway songs for a Target album. Mm-hmm. He was like, I had 16 songs, 16 good songs, and I wanted to put out an album with 16 songs. Target requires two bonus songs. So I just, that's why that's, why that's th- that mm-hmm. way. It's not that those songs are, you know, less important. And he's he's really stressed that they're important to the album and that they're very much part of mm-hmm. the storyline I, I honestly i hate this whole situation with the target edition me too it's I so know. frustrating to me 
It's so frustrating. Um, and it was funny because when I was talking about it, he was like, which is great. I love Target. Because um, obviously he has to like, <laughs> right. he can't be like, yeah, Target made me do this. Yeah. Um, he has to like be happy about it uh, yeah. publicly. But it's probably really frustrating as an artist when yeah. you're like contractually obligated to mess up your whole storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. I'm glad Harry's not in that situation. I know. I know. Me too. Um, but do you feel like, I know you've just heard the bonus tracks yesterday, so you might not like have an idea yet, but, um, my question, so he's obviously stated that they're definitely supposed to be part of the Mm storyline. And my question is, are they chronological? Like, is it supposed to end with the ghost still into dress and then end with nothing? Or was there a separate reason that he chose dress and nothing for the target edition? And if it was just one edition, would those have been put in different areas? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, I feel like dress should come before still. Mm. Unless it's like, I don't know. Unless it's like him finally like letting go. But I still don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think in dress he's like letting the other person go quite yet. Because he's like, right. I don't want to get rid of it. Right. And still kind of like admits that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Nothing feels like it doesn't belong at the end feels yeah, like it belongs somewhere like beginning middle ish mm-hmm. but like potentially dress and still could be like that order but i don't know mm-hmm. what do you think yeah well so basically mm-hmm. i kind of found a storyline with the tracks as they are mm-hmm. so i found a storyline with nothing being the ending but i think i would probably have put nothing somewhere else in the album because i think still is such a nice album closer yeah um, and I think also Dress could be a good album closer. Like, I think I would be happy if Still was the, the last song or if Dress was the last song. Mm-hmm. I think Nothing as the last song is a little bit confusing. Yeah. Um, but I think it works. I just think that if I were organizing it, I wouldn't have had Nothing be the last one. Right. I also feel like Niall has talked a lot about Still being, like, a really important song. Mm-hmm. So I can see why he wouldn't want to have put that on the Target edition. Right. Um, even though it probably was always meant to be the album closer. Yeah, because he says it begins and ends in the Bay Area or whatever. So, like, you would think yeah. that still is the end. Right. Like, so, yeah, my... to find a new place. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I have found a storyline with the tracks the way they are, but I also, my opinion is that... Um, it was it would have it would have originally been intended for still to be the ending song and for yeah. dress and nothing to be in different areas. Yeah. Um, dress is one of my favorites, so I'm kind of bummed that it's like a deluxe song. I know. Um, it's all in the mindset, though. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like the title, the album title, Heartbreak Weather, and kind of the theme of of phases of heartbreak? Um, like make sense yeah i think it does i think it kind of sums up because like it the the album really is about like you know heartbreak in all the different ways like the good stuff the bad stuff the pretending you're over it the realizing you're not really over it the finding someone to hook up with and like get it out of your system like there's just so many different emotions going on and like weather really describes emotions well because weather can be good can be bad can be like cleansing like i feel like Mm -hmm. it really does work yeah and he talks about weather in a number of the songs too so 
like lightning yeah he does heartbreak weather the song has a lot of light um has a lot of references but like there's other songs too mm-hmm. that have references to weather or mm-hmm. somewhat i think i think one of the newer songs has lightning on it or something yeah well heartbreak weather does yeah um, no i mean like the two bonus ones one of them says oh it. oh 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 somewhere maybe <laughs> yeah i'm sure it does um, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, I love the um, I love the theme. I love weather, <laughs> and I think it just it lends itself really well to the songs mm-hmm. you wanted to write. I think it's really smart and fun. Um, and I just love. I feel like this is such a Nile trait to like find a way to like put just such its intense heartbreak into like a fun package (laughs) he really honestly and he's talked about it he was like i wrote sad songs and then turned them into like up-tempo jams i'm really good at that i'm like yeah you are so many (laughs) of the songs are so sad but they're like on last album they would have been slow songs and on this one they're like jams Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah do you feel like sonically the album is cohesive like the the kind of sounds of each song do they like flow into each other well um, yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm, I've seen in nothing he says, what moves me like a lightning bolt. That's what Ooh, I was thinking of. <laughs> good remembering. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I know I'm not going crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think sonically it is similar. And maybe that's why I'm having trouble like picking favorites. Um, yeah. Because I think they all are sort of in that similar sound zone of like up-tempo jam, which like is a perfect sound tempo for me. Um, but I think they are similar, but like not in a bad way. Like it's not a bad thing to have a lot of up-tempo jams you want to dance to. Like, I feel like that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I needed, especially with everything going on in the world. It's like, you just want to have something to dance to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, what about songwriting? Do you feel like you have a sense of like Nile songwriting style with this album. Do you feel like it's different from the last one? Um, I think last album, there was a lot of emotional depth we saw mm-hmm. in the songwriting. Um, and I haven't necessarily analyzed all the song writing, like the lyrics and everything in this one, just besides yeah. just looking at each song individually, not like really trying to look for themes across the board or like, themes of how he's writing songs um but I feel like you still do get some of that emotional depth but just in a different way Mm -hmm. um I don't know I feel like I would need more time to look more deeply at the lyrics I don't think there was I don't know if there was there were definitely some lyrics that really stood out to me that were really pretty Mm -hmm. um but I don't know completely i don't know there it's it's definitely leaned into like 1d style songwriting for me like Mm -hmm. metaphors about like water and stars and um like love and lost love and Mm -hmm. remind me of things um just really a lot of the songs on four some on made in the am like the songwriting style of those i think i was that's how i would describe it yeah yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I feel like Niall is someone who just, like, is always, you know, playing guitar, playing piano, singing, um, 
kind of coming up with concepts and stuff. So I feel like he just is writing kind of all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like um, with this album, the kind of difference is that he went into a lot of the songs as kind of like concept songs. Mm-hmm. So they're not actually all directly about his kind of personal life. Um, some of them he kind of wrote from the per- different perspective of different people and different phases of, you know, breakups. Um, so that I found really interesting, uh, kind of looking at the songs that, you know, maybe aren't directly about an experience he had, but more about like an experience maybe someone he knows had or just like a common experience yeah. that people might have in a breakup. Um, and yeah, it's kind of interesting to look at the songs that are obviously about his personal life and the ones that maybe are more kind of concept based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's kind of a challenge to make a concept album in this way. And I feel like he pulled it off really well because um, I feel like it could get kind of contrived if you're like, you know, now we have to write a song about this right. feeling uh, and then the song, you know, maybe wouldn't feel that good because it's not personal. Yeah. But I feel like he he did a really good job. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I can't tell black which and ones. White, black and white, he said that that was one that was more of a concept song. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's one of seeming to be one of the most standout songs on the album from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, too. I think he definitely nailed it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't think you can tell. Um, I don't. It's not obvious which songs were kind of concept songs and which songs were more, more personal to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell the ones that are specifically personal. Obviously, San Francisco. Um, but you can't find songs where you're like, oh yeah, this obviously isn't about his life. Right. Um, yeah, so I think that worked really well. So now we're going to go song by song and discuss each track. We're not going to get crazy into detail here since this is kind of the, the album review episode. And, um, when we do individual song discussions, we will obviously go into get depth. crazy. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So the first song we have is the title track, Heartbreak Weather. It was written by Niall, Julian Bonetta, Jamie Scott, and John Ryan. Um, Those three are Niall's most uh, common um, collaborators and also worked on One Direction music. Julian Bonetta specifically wrote a ton of 1D stuff, um, and Jamie Scott as well was the writer of Story of My Life. It's no um, wonder which, that so much of it sounds like that. Yeah. It sounds like 1D exactly. stuff. Like, given mm-hmm. who he was working with. Right. I saw a couple of reviews kind of saying that as a bad thing. Oh. Um, and I couldn't disagree more <laughs> because I'm like, this is exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> I didn't read any reviews. Were a lot of them not great? <laughs> the reviews were kind of mixed, to be honest. Mm. Um yeah, I feel like fan-wise, like, the fan reception has been, like, off the charts. Yeah. People are, like, so pumped about this album and, like, sharing it, you know, posting videos of themselves singing to it. Like, fan reception has been incredible. Yeah. And I think critical reception has been – I think it leans more positive than negative, but it has been more mixed than I would have thought. Yeah. I um, mean, what are you going to get with a freaking pop album? They're always going right, to Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of – that was kind of the, the like – the stuff like a lot of a lot of the kind of more negative reviews it was kind of like okay what music do you like then right <laughs> like, their complaint you know their complaints yeah. were kind of just like okay um and yeah and it was produced by uh, by julian Beretta. 
um, this song, and it was uh, it is three minutes and twenty seconds long. Um, this song was obviously it was the first one I heard because it's the first song on the album, not including the singles. Um, I was immediately in love. Um, I thought, okay, this is like eighties pop. Um, it really reminded me of kind of current Tegan and Sarah, mm-hmm. um, especially the album. The album before this one, uh, there's a couple songs on it that really have this 80s vibe, particularly um, I Went Wild, uh, just like really reminded me of that. Um, But this song is like, I love songs like this. Um, So I've been jamming to this a ton. It's like so fun to sing and dance to. Yeah. Um, What are your, what were your feelings about it? Yeah, it's just such a jam to start the album off with. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it definitely reminds me it's one of the ones that definitely remind me of 1D um, like sonically and also thematically yeah. One Direction would love a thematic song where you like bring a whole bunch right. of weather stuff in like that's yeah. definitely something <laughs> One Direction would do where it's like you carry that like all the weather themes throughout the song um, I love the line all my life I've been sleepwalk living which I didn't know was a line until I saw it on Twitter and then yes. I was like oh my gosh that's a line that's so cool I, know, I love that so good. um yeah. there's a lot of good rhymes on this like mm. city when you're with me they feel like like they're not they're they're just like those good rhymes that you're like yes that works it's not just like I put something there for the sake of it right. um there's a lot of like assonance and stuff that sounds good um, yeah and it almost feels like a best friend song it's like mm. I don't know like whenever you're with me things just get better and like no yeah. matter what we're going through it's like it's better with you right um, I feel like that makes a lot of sense in the world we're living in right now Hmm. yeah yeah I really like to um this is kind of uh a theme in this album is that Niall has a way of singing about women and sex that doesn't feel icky. Yeah. Um, like, there's a line in this song that says, uh, from verse two, that says, you're taking your clothes off, you look in the mirror, telling me just what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of an empowering uh, line. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of carries through in a lot of the songs that are obviously, like, very sexy songs, but um, but they kind of, like, I feel like the... The women that he sings about definitely have autonomy and, and power for the most yeah. part. Yeah, and I think it's I, very I intentional that. too. Like, yeah. I know when he talked about slow hands, he's like, "We intentionally made it so that like it was the woman asking the guy back to yes. the place and like stuff like that," which I appreciate. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I really like the way he says a lot of these lines. Like when he says, "Fire in a hotel room," uh, it sounds like he says fine hotel like he just sings it like fine hotel (laughs) um i appreciate that and i love the syncopation uh of but it feels different when you're with me it's so fun um and particularly note it's particularly noticeable in the bridge the chorus so the like the ending of the bridge is um lately my heart's been so empty but it feels different when you it's just so fun yeah that transition from the bridge into the chorus and I think syncopation is something he played with generally on the album where there's so many sort of there's such an interesting beat to a lot of the lines that I yeah noticed. totally 
Um, so Niall has tweeted a little bit about this song, actually a lot about this song. Um, one person asked, um, how much do you love the song Heartbreak Weather? It's my jam. And Niall responded and said, Heartbreak Weather? Don't get me started. I've danced <laughs> around my kitchen to that song for the last year. <laughs> I love that Niall's so enthusiastic about its own music. I know. It's very cute. Um, someone asked about San Francisco and he said, um, I have too many favorites. San Fran, don't get me started. Sums up the whole storyline. Heartbreak Weather and that song have so much in common. Mm. Um, and then uh, uh, he did an interview with The Sun, for whatever reason, <laughs> where he actually went into detail on, like, each song. Yeah. I read um, all that on Genius. Yeah. <laughs> description. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. So for Heartbreak Weather, he said, Heartbreak Weather is where it all stems from. I had the title of that song for ages, and then I wrote the song afterwards. The Heartbreak Weather thing helped me to write the album. I had the concept, and I was able to correlate my feelings with different weather patterns. Heartbreak Weather is about the start of the relationship, and the song is quite a personal song, but I've dressed it up as a happy tune. I'm pretty decent at that. There's a lot of sad songs that are dressed up as happier-sounding ones. This has an 80s kind of feel to it. It makes you feel happy as soon as it starts, and that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to start the album with it, because it really perks your ears up straight away. I absolutely love this song. Nile. So, yeah, obviously, this is, like, the start of the relationship. Um, and um, I guess I didn't mention this before we got into the track by track, but what I did is I kind of went through the tracks and, like, made up my own storyline based on them mm-hmm. um, that I think, like, they could be applied to. Um and so because he's kind of talked about that this song has a correlation with San Francisco, um, I'm guessing that this song is about him meeting someone and they met in San Francisco. Mm. And he just um, like in San Francisco when he wants to go back to it, it's like he wants to go back to the beginning of the album. Exactly. Got it, um, got it. Yeah, I think they met there and he's kind of like been, you know, somewhat lonely his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he kind of talks about... Um, sleepwalk live in all my life mm-hmm. uh but and then you know he talks about um this city what is it um it can be so lonely in this city but it feels different when you're with me mm-hmm. um so yeah that's kind of my interpretation is that it's about meeting someone in san francisco and realizing that you maybe love them <laughs> or you or you maybe might love them in the future yeah is that kind of your take on it? Um, I feel like, I don't know if I necessarily think he met someone there, but more like mm-hmm. he, that's where they started dating or started their like oh, love okay, story. Yeah. So like yeah. that was the birth of their relationship maybe. Yes. But also like I'm pulling from things I know in real life. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's kind of what I meant. I didn't necessarily mean like they met there, but like that's where the beginning of their relationship yeah, started. That's what seems to make sense. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to track two, Black and White. This was written by uh, Niall, Julian Bonetta, Teddy Geiger, Alexandro Izquierdo, and Scott Harris. Um, it was produced by Julian, uh, Teddy Geiger, After Hours, and... Oh, wait, no, that's wrong. I got confused. It was just produced by Julian Bonetta and Teddy Geiger. Three minutes and 13 seconds long. Um, 
what are your feelings about this song, Caitlin? Um, I really liked that video that Niall posted of them in the studio making this song where they were all dancing and like going crazy. And I was like, that's exactly what I looked like as I was dancing around my kitchen. Same. Relatable. Yeah, he shared a he shared a video on ins- that video on Instagram. He said, "I've truly never experienced a feeling like I felt whilst writing this song. I rarely take videos of studio stuff, but I had to capture this. Hope you love it, black and white." Yeah, very. It was very cute. Yes. Um, this one, another party jam. Like, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of like heteronormative songs where it's like we are gonna get married one day and like blah right. blah blah. But, like, I gotta say the jamminess of this and like the music and everything. Mm-hmm. It's and even like the lyrics, it's really strong. And um, I'm gonna. Like, it wouldn't be, like, the heart of hearts of, like, if I were to pick a song, a love song mm-hmm. for me. But um, that doesn't stop me from really loving the song. Right. Um, I love the line when he says, we finally say, I do. And he's like, I do, or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> um, and also, immediately, this song reminded me of The Greatest Showman. Um, oh. I don't know exactly what song it is. I was trying to figure it out the other day either never enough or like a million dreams there's some parts that sound like so much like it um Mm. and i looked on twitter and i saw other people saying that too like every Mm -hmm. song that i heard something in i checked on twitter and other people agreed so i was like okay i feel validated (laughs) um but definitely there's songs that sound the sounds in this song sound like it could be from the movie the greatest showman did you see that one lucia i did see that uh i don't remember all of it though yeah i don't know i don't know exactly what it is but there's sounds that i was like oh my gosh um so yeah i really like this one it's definitely it's a good second song in the album like it follows really well after heartbreak weather mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i love this song a lot this is one of my favorites um it has one of my favorite lines, which is, in all your gorgeous colors. Mm. Um, I really like that. It's such a fun song to dance to. I just want to, like, jump around as I listen to it. Yeah. Um, I feel like the vocals on this are, like, especially good. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing him sing it live, I was like, wow, those are really good. Like, it's a really good song to hear live. And he sounded amazing on it, singing it live. Um, this song definitely made me tear up as I was listening to it. <laughs> I was listening with my friend Paige, as I said, and both of us were just like looking at each other like, oh my God, this song. Um, I really like kind of love songs like this, um, especially the verse two where he says, now we're sitting here in your living room telling stories while we share a drink or two. And there's a vision I've been holding in my mind. We're 65. And you asked, when did I first know? I always knew. Yeah, I think you like the the sobby romance. I do. More than I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I definitely do. Um, Niall said about this song that it was one, uh, he said, Black and White was one of my favorite songs that I've ever had the pleasure of making. When we were in the studio, I just had the best time. We were in the Bahamas, and I think of this song as a wedding song. I had the title for a while, and I was trying to think what I could do with it. I was getting a bit nostalgic with it, and the song is basically about the first person you ever go out with. When you're, like, 15, you're like, that's it. Me and you are getting married. (laughs) That's it. I've seen it in the movies. It looks exactly like this. So I just thought black and white would be, like, the black suit and white dress, and it would become a bit of a wedding song. 
it's got a very happy feel to it, like a stomping, driving tune. I think it might be my favorite on the album. Um, I think that's why I like it, because I, like, always relate to those kinds of songs about, like, your first love as a teenager. Because mm-hmm. um, I like someone who, like, definitely was madly in love with someone when I was <laughs> when I was a teenager. And I was like, for sure, we're getting married and living happily ever after. And I'm never going to want to be with anyone else. Um, obviously See, that's why I don't like those together. songs. Because I'm like, this is so unrealistic. This is not how it works. How but can you be not so a, sure of things? But like, it's not about realistic. It's about if you if have of that experience. Like when you're yeah. when you're in that experience and you feel like this is it. Yeah. It is it as a like thematically as a whole on the album. It's really mm-hmm. kind of heartbreaking to listen to because it feels like you know what's coming (laughs) like with this song you know it's like that start of the relationship where it like feels like you're gonna get married and you're so in love and everything and then knowing as a whole that the breakup's coming it's like oh my gosh Ah, it's like really bittersweet yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) i get that i feel like it also has a lot of there's a lot of well all these songs kind of relate to each other um but yeah so next we have track three, uh, Dear Patience, written by Niall, um, John Ryan, Julian Bonetta, um, Scott Harris, and Teddy Geiger. And this one was produced by After Hours and John Ryan. Uh, it's three minutes and 14 seconds long. Um, and I feel like the – as far as the storyline goes like black and white was kind of like the falling in love portion like Mm -hmm. heartbreak weather is like you meet someone or like the relationship starts and then black and white is when you're kind of like realizing that you might be falling in love imagining marrying the person and then i feel like dear patience is kind of like trouble in paradise Mm -hmm. um (laughs) like maybe he's feeling pressure and he's like trying to find patience wants time to slow down um he talks about he he says uh, the line is um, I fall too pla- too fast and then go down blazing. Um, so he's kind of trying to like find a way to make it work because I guess typically it's like high passion and then hard crash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like long way down. Mm, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, his voice is really really soft in this song, mm-hmm. and I really like it. Um, my favorite bit of the song, well, there's a couple favorite bits. One of my favorite bits is when he does, like, the, like, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't know how to do that without singing it. <laughs> Which? Sing it. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's like he sings, um, if I put my heart out, can you keep a promise? And then he does, like, a little hum. Mm-mm. I just love that. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. Next time you listen to it, you'll, okay. you'll hear it. Um, and then this song has one of my favorite bits on the whole album um it's the last like few seconds where um it's all the violins yes holy i thought cow. it was a fiddle fiddles i don't know the difference between violins and fiddles to be honest i was i was searching on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a bagpipe and then i saw that a was credit. <laughs> <laughs> i love the bagpipe um but it's no this gorgeous I want it to be five minutes longer. I want five minutes of this ending. <laughs> Why was it so short? It's so freaking beautiful. Yeah. It's like my favorite part of the whole album is just like the ending of this song. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And I'm just praying that when they perform it live that we'll get 
like this this ending and that maybe they'll do an extended version like they'll just mm. drag it out for a few minutes oh my god it's so pretty that would be really cool yeah it could be like um, someone um, asked like a transition to the next set or whatever so they make it extra oh, long or like also yeah. have it in the intro or something yeah totally you know what would be cool is if well the song doesn't really make sense i guess actually at the end of the set like before the encore but i was thinking like that would be a cool way to like fade mm-hmm. out the set and then come back for the encore it would be um someone asked niall on twitter uh they said can we talk about dear patience she's my baby and niall said dear patience is my brain chatting hmm. um, that makes sense. and then yeah and then he also said, Dear Patience is basically at the start of the relationship. I was basically writing a letter to the feeling of patience and being like, don't F it up. Take your time on this because you rush into stuff. That's why it comes straight after black and white because it's kind of contradicting itself. It's like, don't mess this one up. Don't rush in too hard. The verse is like, can we share a drink and let go of the pressure? Which is kind of like, me and you need to have a chat, patience. That's where that came from. I find that really funny that black and white is like, I just met you. We're getting married. <laughs> and then he's like, Whoa. dear patience. <laughs> yeah. What are your feelings about this song? Um, yeah. I mean, thematically, that's what I think. It's like him jumping in too soon and trying to like, he just wants it to be perfect. And he's like, wait a second. Like that hasn't worked in the past. Like, let's uh-huh. take this slowly. Like, I don't want to go too fast. Yeah. Um I feel like, um, no, I was looking at the wrong notes. (laughs) Um, It's a really good sing-along, even though it's, like, slower tempo. I really Mm -hmm. like, um, like, the rhyming that happens um, in the lyrics. Like, I like that he talks about, like, can you see that I'm anxious? Like, I I don't know. It it, it has that emotional depth to it that I like. It's really self-reflective. Um... Uh, I love the my dear that gets like stretched out long and like mm. when he says my dear and it's like loud and singy mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, and I think there's lots of different like points of view in this song where it's like it would be interesting to dissect because like at some points it feels like he's writing to patients but also at some points it feels like he's talking about the person he like wants to rush into things with so yeah. like i feel like you could break it down like he wants to have a drink with patience but also he wants to just be able to have a drink with the other person and not feel like there's so many expectations totally um yeah so i think it would be interesting to to break it down and see like where he's talking to who and if he's yeah. talking to both at once and yeah definitely feels like a self-reflective song though yeah, I'm really excited to start doing song discussions about these songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're all going to be really fun to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So next we have track four, Bend the Rules. Mm-hmm. This song was written by Niall, uh, Julian Bonetta, John Ryan, and Tobias Jessa Jr., produced by Bonetta. And it's three minutes and 54 seconds. So a bit longer than all the ones we've heard. Um, actually, I think it's the longest on the album aside from Still. Um, yeah, it is. Um, 
And he said a couple of things about Bend the Rules. He said, uh, the song kind of talks about when I call you up, you might miss a name out when I ask you who's around and you're not breaking the rules, but you're kind of bending them. In my head, it was kind of like my Bruce Springsteen Streets of Philadelphia moment. Um, and then someone tweeted him about it and he said, I can't talk about it too much or I'll get emotional. My Bruce mm. moment. <laughs> Um, Streets of Philadelphia is a gorgeous Springsteen song. Um, but when I first heard this song, I was like, wow, this is a very Zane opening. And then when he started singing, I was like, wait, is this Zane singing? Uh, and it wasn't before I think he said the word leaving that I was like, okay, no, it's Niall. Like, I legit thought that <laughs> I had played Zane some feature. other song. Yeah, Honestly. His voice sounds like differently produced in the beginning. Yeah, I, I've never heard him like this before. He literally sounds like Zayn. Yeah. Um, so, so interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like my kind of following the storyline, I feel like this is, a, this is a song about that, as he said, kind of that like half cheating where it's like mm-hmm. maybe you're not sleeping with someone, but you're hanging out with them, you know, yeah. or like – uh, you're going to hang out with someone and you're like, oh, I'm with these people. And you just happen to not say the name of like right. one of the people that's there. Um, I think the saddest line, too, is when he says, like, you're laughing at something, but you won't tell me what you're laughing about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we've all been in that situation where it feels like you're being left out of the joke. And like, yeah, it just felt so personal and so I don't yeah. know, real to me. These The lyrics in this song definitely like got at that feeling of. Especially because it's like, oh, I know you're not exactly cheating, but like it's hurting me still so much and you don't even care, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that line, you saying that about the laughing thing, I hadn't like noticed that before, but the line is someone makes you laugh, I can't help but ask, but you won't say what it's about. It makes me think of like someone's on their phone and they like see something and they like laugh and then you ask them like, oh, what was that? And they're like, nothing. Right, and you're like, well, <laughs> "F you." Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I I almost felt like this song was a little bit country, like in a good way. Mm, like it could have mm. gone more, not in the opening. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There was some. I felt that about some of the songs on this album. Yeah, especially like uh, what is it? Maybe San Francisco dress. Yeah, maybe San Francisco. Yeah. Um. It was like sad country. Um, mm-hmm. I love singing along to this one. Yeah. Um, it also feels like one of those songs that could be from both people's perspectives. Like, yes. Like where it's kind of going wrong on both sides. And like, you also know you're not, you're not being the perfect partner and you're like, eh. totally. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Again, yeah. here I got vibes from four. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah I feel like a lot of the songs could have could kind of be from two perspectives mm-hmm. like it's not just one person singing it's like two people singing you know back and forth or mm-hmm. like something like that yeah although this one he said somewhere that it wasn't necessarily personal right so that makes sense then yeah like- yeah he said um he said bend the rules is not particularly personal Slowly, the album became a concept album and was less about me and more about different relationships. And maybe that feeling that at the start of a relationship, you're not that trusting. And this song kind of talks about 
and then it goes into the quote I already read. When I call you up, you might miss a name out when I ask mm-hmm. you who's around. I feel like I disagree with Niall's interpretation of this. It doesn't feel like the start of a relationship where you're not necessarily trusting. It seems like no. it, what's causing the end of the relationship to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the beginning of something. It doesn't. Especially if, it, to me, it kind of feels like they're a long distance now. Yeah. Because he says, I just called to say that I miss you. Wonder what you're doing now. Right. At your favorite place, you go and list the names. Is there one you're leaving out? So it feels like they're dating, but it's long distance. And like, yeah, things are weird. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else about that one? No. Okay. So next we have track five, which is small talk. Um, are you okay with the way that I'm ordering these? I'm kind of like, I don't know. Is it confusing? What? The way I'm talking about them. <laughs> like some of them I ask in, you your opinion order. first. Some of them I read his quotes first. You just do whatever your heart desires, Lucia. <laughs> okay. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if I should be reading the quotes first. No, no. I'm, I'm good with what you're doing. Okay. Uh, oh gosh, I just lost my window. So we have Small Talk, track five. Uh, This is seeming to be a fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your, what were your initial impressions of the song and how do you feel about it now? Um, I really like this one. I think it was a standout right away. I knew going in that it was going to be like the Slow Hands 2.0. And Mm -hmm. I think it is like that sexy song with the good beat, some great lyrics. Like it makes you feel good. It makes you want to dance. Like... Mm -hmm. I just yeah I feel like it's definitely one of my favorites um I really like um the like breath that happens this is so specific but like when he says (laughs) um, like the beat of it it's like that syncopation again it's let's skip all the small talk it's not like let's skip it's like let's skip all the small talk like I like that (laughs) Um, so good yeah I I like like the opening lines like she's been looking at me all night I'm terrified (laughs) (laughs) she's got the wrong crazy like I see the moon in her eyes I'm paralyzed it's like it's like this woman is out to get what she wants and like Uh I was like oh my god I want it but I'm scared (laughs) I Uh Um, I really love the idea of like let's let our so let let our let's let ourselves go wild like let's let ourselves get burned by the fire it's like i want to let passion get too much i like that idea yeah like so much of the so much of other things are like you're trying to be controlled and like dear patience and like whatever like but this is just like screw it let's do it <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like there's also like parallels to zane in this song specifically um, his song Sour Diesel, I feel like kind of lyrically is very similar. Yeah. Um, what reminded me of it, of it is you just saying uh, that like this this woman knows what she wants. Because um, the lyrics of Sour Diesel are walks in the place, hands on her waist, gun on her thigh, big shooter game. She did this before, murdered to gain, promised her ma she won't kill, aga- kill again. She got it and she knows she got it. Damn. Um, so I feel like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, like, the sound of the song sounds like it could be a Zayn song. Mm-hmm. The way that the beat of the chorus is. Um, I found this song so surprising when I got to the chorus the first time. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's really funky. I feel like this is like the filthy uh, sounding song that Niall was talking about. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like going by the storyline, this is kind of like his relationship is in trouble uh, or they've like broken up and he's like kind of just like out on the town, like sleeping with someone new. Yeah. Kind of with like a I don't give a F attitude. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna go have fun then. <laughs> yeah. Like don't wanna talk. Just wanna get it on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um I also found like a little bit of a correlation with Dear Patience, um, because the line in this song is um let's let passion or let passion get too much, let ourselves get burned by the fire. And then in Dear Patience he talks about I fall too fast and go down blazing. Mm-hmm. Which is like this, literally the same thing. So he's kind of saying in this one, like, uh, like yeah, let's do yeah. it, <laughs> even though I know it's gonna end badly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it reminds uh, me that like Niall was the writer on Temporary Fix, I think, or at least yes, <laughs> like this is totally. a, definitely a Niall song. I love that Niall out of all the boys is the one that talks about hooking up like with strangers the most. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he does. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's like the most confident yeah. in that world. Yeah. Um which I don't know if that means he's the, the most confident in real life so he's he does that more or if he's just the most confident in songwriting so he writes about it more. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm down for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very empowering song. It really is. This is this song is such a groove like it's yeah. so fun to, to like just jam to this song. Yeah. Like, that that chorus, like, oh, my God. Yeah. You can't okay. escape it. Nope. Um, he said on Twitter that this is arguably the best live song. Yes. Obviously, none of us have heard it live, but uh, I can definitely see it being the best song live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it'd be really fun to see live. Um, he also said, I love this song. It's got a bit of a rasp to it. I always say it's a close neighbor of Slow Hands, a grungier version. Um, agree. He also added, small talk and nice to meet you would be the egotistical part of the concept, where you're out on the town and a bit of a joke, like, I'm going out tonight and it's going to be fun. Um, and this was one of the songs that we got a preview of when he put out the music video for Nice to Meet Ya. There was a telephone number written um, on a taxi cab, and when you called it, you got a voicemail or a voice message from Niall. Um, which explained that the song was co-written by him and Jamie Scott and that it continues the idea behind Nice to Meet Ya. You do a small talk after meeting someone on a night out. You do a small talk? I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I don't know who wrote that. But um, Mm. but yeah, obviously this one and Nice to Meet Ya are related. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's interesting because when when we heard that voice memo, we only heard the verse. Um, And it had that kind of like grungy like 80s um like even the melody has like a grunge to it mm-hmm. uh and then you get this chorus which is just like out of nowhere um like badass chorus yeah but yeah this is one of my favorites i think this will be a lasting favorite yeah. for sure so next we have track six which is nice to meet ya uh written by Jul- uh Niall Horan, Julian Bonetta, Ruth Ann Cunningham, and Tobias Jesso Jr., produced by Bonetta. It is two minutes and 38 seconds long. This was a single. It was the first single, so we've obviously had it for a while. Um, 
and we've already talked about it quite a bit. Um, but listening to it kind of in the context of the album, I really liked it. Um, and I think it like fits really well with the theme. Mm-hmm. Did you have any new feelings about Nice to Meet Ya? Um, hearing it like in the context of the whole album? Um, just that I still really like it and it definitely stands out as one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that it fits well with Small Talk for sure at this point in the album. And like thematically, mm-hmm. I can see how it fits in the storyline of Heartbreak Weather. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like if you're following like a chronological storyline, um, I feel like these are almost like two different instances, like with two different people. Yeah. Um, because it feels like if it was supposed to be chronological, um, small talk would come first. Um, but I feel like it probably could just be about like different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where, just like, like that. He's like at that emotional state where like he's ready to like try to find someone to, <laughs> to just like get his mind off for the minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Next we have track seven, which is put a little love on me. This was Niall's second single. So we have already heard it and we did a whole song discussion about it. Um, but it was written by Niall, uh, Daniel Breyer, Jamie Scott, and Mike Needle. Um, and it was produced by Jamie Scott and uh, Daniel Breyer. And it is three minutes and 44 seconds long. Um, and I didn't really have new thoughts about it, except that I really liked its placement in the album. Mm-hmm. I feel like it really breaks up the sound after you have all these, like, pretty heavy like electronic like synth kind of r&b vibes mm-hmm. um then you get this kind of piano ballad and i feel like it just breaks up the sound of the album really nicely mm-hmm. and it's like the sad reality of nice to meet you and small talk yes. <laughs> it's like because put a little love on me is also about like hooking up a bit for mm-hmm. part of it at least with someone that you don't know mm-hmm. but it's like kind of the sad side of it the totally yeah it was interesting hearing it in the context of the album because i feel like um when we talked about this song we talked a lot about how it had kind of a nostalgic feel and it's kind of sounded like it was like about a past love Mm -hmm. um and so the way that i kind of look at it in the storyline is like uh nice to meet you and small talk or like um you know you're broken up you're out on the town just sleeping with strangers having a grand old time and then put a little love on me is when the loneliness starts to set in yeah and you realize that like sleeping with all those strangers isn't helping and it also kind of makes me think like you're looking for love Mm -hmm. uh, in general because you're lonely but you're also like looking at a past love thinking Mm -hmm. like that is what you need like uh you know maybe this person you you were with in high school you're like you know, thinking about them and, like, maybe that's the person you're supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the song, um, which one is it? I found, like, a kind of interesting correlation. Um, was it Arms of a Stranger? Yes. So in Arms of a Stranger, he says, uh, chase an old love just to feel love, but it gave me nothing that was real. And that comes right after Put a Little Love on Me, where mm-hmm. it kind of seems like a song about old love. 
So I almost follow the storyline as like this song is about him realizing he's lonely and then going to some old love to try to heal it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the person he actually misses is like his latest love. Yeah. But I feel like that's something that can happen like when you're lonely yeah. and then you think about you, like, like the first person you ever familiar. were in love with. Yeah. Being like, yeah. I miss you. Maybe we should be together even though that's, <laughs> yeah. that's wrong. You're just like searching for familiarity right. and like comfort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Niall said on Twitter uh, about how he decides what songs are his best. He said, lyric and quality of melody combo. Chord choice, in a world of up-tempo madness, a good ballad usually stands out. Um, and then he also said, Put a Little of Love on Me is the best song I've ever written for sure. It's a shame <laughs> that the masses don't think so. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Why does he think the masses don't think so? Where because they don't. I totally... Uh, like it just doesn't get the love it deserves like I don't think people really like I don't think the reception was like amazing you know mm-hmm. um but yeah I totally agree I think it I think it probably is the best song he's ever written it's a really really good song I love it um but yeah I remember talking about that when we did our song discussion that I was worried because it didn't seem like people were loving it as much as I was mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um did you have new feelings about it? Um, no. Okay. Um, moving on to track also, eight. Also, um, just timing-wise, we've been oh, recording yes. for like an hour and 45 minutes, and we're only oh, halfway God. through. So we've been spending about 40 minutes on the first half of the album. So okay. if we spent equally as much time, this um, episode's going to be really freaking long. So just keep okay. that in mind. Thank you. I wasn't paying attention to time at all. I don't know why. Okay. That's okay. I never know if I should like be like, okay, move it along. <laughs> if that's, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Let me find where we're at in recording so I can edit this. Oh my God, my computer is buzzing out. Oh, I hear it. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Oh my God. Okay, one forty. All right, I'll try to have less, say less, okay. <laughs> so we can get through this. Okay, track eight, we have Arms of a Stranger, um, written by, I'm just going to start reading their last names. Hope that's okay. <laughs> Horan, Scott, Briar, and Needle, and produced by Greg Kirsten. It is two minutes and 40 seconds long. And um, I kind of mentioned this in the last song, but I feel like Arms of a Stranger kind of has a correlation with Put a Little Love on Me because it has that line that says, chase an old love just to feel love, but it gave Mm -hmm. me nothing that was real. Um, And I also feel like this song is kind of bitter. Like, it says, you left me with nothing. Um, So it's obviously about, like, sleeping with strangers uh, and realizing that, like, you really miss, like, one person. Mm Yeah. He said he wrote the second verse and the pre-chorus in a dream, woke up at 5 a.m. and thought I should write that down or sing it into voice notes. I love that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, What are your feelings about Arms of a Stranger? Um, I loved like the pre-chorus into the really rocky chorus. um, Mm -hmm. And I felt like his voice sounded so good on this. It was just so like rough and rocky and... Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. At this point, I was just like, wow, I have a real appreciation for how many upbeat songs there are on this album. <laughs> like it just like they just kept coming, you know, mm-hmm. like 
we we got put a love on little love on me and then it goes right back to like it's not some slow song it's like yeah it's like a real good it's not like super fast but Mm -hmm. it's like one of those jams that you want to sing along to i don't know yeah totally um he said that this song is a bit on the nose but he was aiming for that Mm-hmm. Um, and that this more it was more of a concept based song mm. as opposed to personal. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, also, uh, we are going to start moving a little bit faster through these because Caitlin pointed out to me a minute ago that we have been recording for almost two hours and we're only halfway <laughs> through the track list. So <laughs> if you notice that we spent like a lot of time on the first few and now we're not, that's why uh, <laughs> we can't have a three hour episode. Sorry. <laughs> So next we have track nine, which is called Everywhere, written by Horan, Ryan, Benetta, Harris, Izquierdo, and produced by Ryan, and is two minutes and 48 seconds long. And um, this song is pretty straightforward. Uh, Niall said it's, you know, when you're walking around, you feel like you see that person everywhere you go. He said, in my case, I was seeing that a lot. Uh, He said, particularly on the subway, I think. Um, but yeah, he wrote, he said, we wrote that on the beach in 10 minutes in the Bahamas. <laughs> I love that he went to the Bahamas. It's as if he like saw Harry go to the, go to Jamaica and was like, uh-huh. I need to do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what are your feelings about this one? This is probably another one of my favorites. It's one yeah. of those sad songs that sounds happy and upbeat and you want to dance to it. Um, yeah. the chorus has, uh, some great syncopation going on. Um, mm-hmm. let me see. I'm just trying to pull it up. Um, like the feels like every time I turn a corner. Yes. Nah, nah, nah. Um, I like that. Um, verse two and the course in general, like the sort of choppiness of it reminds me of Sean Mendez is either stitches or like nothing holding me back. Mm. Um, like the sort of like, bah, 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 like the really fast beat. Um, I saw other people saying that too on Twitter when I searched for it, but I'm sure you yeah. could find that with any song. You're like, oh, this sounds <laughs> like this. Um, um, in the bridge, the here part, mm-hmm. um, here or whatever he does, um, mm-hmm. really gives you a good look at his vocal range and sounds really pretty. Yeah. Um, and I like just like a lot of the clapping sounds and mm-hmm. the bass drum. I think in general, this album has a lot more bass drum on it. Like it's got a heavy beat yes, to it, it which does. makes it like such a good dancing, clapping, sing along song because it really gets in your body. Yeah. This song has that like four on the floor beat, mm. um, which is when um, you have the kick drum hit at every beat. Um so like every you know the, it's like uh if my clapping was the kick drum it's like feels like every time i turn a corner you're standing yeah. right there it's like classic disco beat um uh. but obviously sped up um but i love songs that have that like fast kick drum like four on the floor is and are really called? and i called it a bass drum is there such thing as a bass it drum? is the bass drum it is the bass okay. drum okay. yeah sorry <laughs> it's also called a kick drum because uh. you use your foot to play it Got it. Um, but yeah, it's, it is the bass drum. And um, yeah, I love when there's when there's that beat combined with like really wordy mm-hmm. um, lyrics. It's yeah. it, this is going to be such a fun one live. Yeah. <clears throat> to sing along to. 
And then as far as the storyline goes, um, I feel like this one almost has like a little bit of hopeless hopefulness to it. Mm-hmm. Like you're over the bitterness and you're just kind of missing the person now. Um, yeah. Whereas Arms of, the Str- Arms of a Stranger kind of had a little bit of that bitterness. Like you left me with nothing. And then this one is just kind of like, I see you everywhere. Um, next we have track 10, which is Cross Your Mind, written by Horan, Ryan, Geiger, Izquierdo, and Harris, produced by Ryan and Geiger, and it is three minutes and 48 seconds long. And um, I'm going to read a little quote from Niall just because it's interesting. He said, Cross Your Mind started as a piano ballad, actually. It was just a four-chord piano ballad that I was playing in the Bahamas. I came in one morning, and the first thing I did was sit down, press the F chord, and just started singing. I sang the whole chorus. I had the chorus in a couple of minutes, and all the words came out in one go, and then I wrote from there. But the more I played it as a piano ballad, the more I started bouncing on my seat, and I was like, no, this can't be. (laughs) So then I was listening to a bit of Fleetwood Mac, as per usual, and Empire of the Sun and stuff like that. And using that kind of stuff as a benchmark, a book could be produced. That's where that came from. That will be up there as one of my favorites as well. It's about something really sad, but it's got a really good feeling. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I saw uh, themes similar to Bend the Rules in it. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like the careless person. But it's also like, it's almost that they don't care that the person's being careless towards them because they right. like they're like just let me get hurt i just want to keep like having this what we have uh-huh. um i really also like the opening verse it reminded me of so much lyrically like one direction style writing mm. um it's your world i want to live in it's your ocean i want to swim in it's your mm-hmm. show and i'm just watching losing you is not an option mm-hmm. like that gave me a lot of 1D vibes, like the, like, a message in a bottle, like, yeah. that, all those themes seem very One Direction-y. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, like, deeply connected with this one yet. I yeah. don't know it as well as the other ones. Right. Um, but again, really good. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I also found kind of Zane correlations again. Um, this reminded me of Zane's song, All That, um, Particularly, there's, like, a line that says, give me all the pain, give me everything, don't hold back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zane's song, All That, he says, um, you can give me all that, all that, stay here in the morning, you can take it all back, lay here if you want to, you can give me all that, all that. Um, interestingly enough, the verse after that is, never crossed my mind, have I crossed the lines? And this song is called Cross Your Mind. Oh, <laughs> maybe Niall was listening to some Zane. I mean, I think it's made its way in, even if it's been subconscious. Mm-hmm. Similarly to Harrigan, fine line. I don't know what's happening, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Fleetwood Mac vibe comes through. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like the bass line. It's like, got a very strong bass line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like the, the double meaning of the line, at least you came tonight. Mm, I yeah. wasn't sure if that was on purpose or not, but probably. Good stuff. <laughs> no, even if it's not on purpose, you can't write that line without thinking it. So. Right. <laughs> Okay, next we have track 11, New Angel. This was written by Niall Horan, Greg Kirsten, Maureen Mosella McDonald, and Amy Allen. Um, It was produced by Kirsten Bonetta. Oh, no, it was just produced by Greg Kirsten. And it is three minutes and nine seconds long. Um, So I was listening to, I was watching Niall's live, Instagram live, and he said uh, that Amy Allen actually came up with this title. And he said, 
this song actually has a really dark meaning that I won't get into now. Oh, man. I was like, Niall, what does that mean? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It feels Um, like based on like the opening lyrics, like too many hours in the night, every second is about her. Every thought is wrapped around her. It's like he's so overcome. Right. Like he's so overcome with like his heartbreak. He like knows he needs something else to try to like get him out of this dark space. Yeah. I almost wonder if this is a song about a stripper or, like, a sex worker. Hmm. Um, not that that should be, like, dark, but mm-hmm. um, I feel like it could definitely make sense, especially when you watch the, um, what is it called? V- v- visual, not visualization. Official visualizer video, which we were supposed to be doing. I totally And we totally forgot. <laughs> But the one for this, he's in, like, this suit, and he's sitting on this, like, couch, and there's, like, crystal stuff on the table, and he's kind of leaning back, and it definitely kind of has strip club vibes. Um, But I don't know. That could totally be off. I just thought about that. Um, I feel like this song made me think of The Weeknd. It has that, like, really heavy production. There's a lot of, like, ooh, and, like, snaps, and, like, Mm -hmm. just that kind of production stuff that is common Mm -hmm. with with um the weekend um and i really love the melodies particularly on like night and light i just find those to be like so pretty little standout Mm -hmm. moments um but yeah i've been vibing to this song today this song gave me almost 90s boy band vibes a little bit i don't know why maybe some of like the harmonies in the beginning yeah um or just like sonically like the production Right. I'd have to listen again, but I made that note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niall said, uh, New Angel is like, now I need to get over you. All of these sad songs have gone on for too long. I'm going to need something to distract me now. <laughs> All right. Next, we have track 12, which is No Judgment, written by uh, Horan, Bonetta, Jesso Jr., Izquierdo, and Ryan, produced by Bonetta and Jesso Jr., and it is two minutes and 56 seconds long. Um, obviously we've had this song for a while. Um, I feel like my kind of interpretation is that the song is about sleeping with a platonic friend Mm -hmm. and it's not about the person that the rest of the album is about. It's like, uh, about hooking up with a friend, um, just for fun times. Um, and I included this tweet because I thought it was really funny. So someone tweeted this picture of Niall that he had shared on his Instagram stories He's, like, holding a glass of wine, and he's sitting on a couch and kind of, like, looking into the camera with a funny face. And it, he said, heartbreak weather, vin rouge. And I don't know what the person said because I accidentally cut it off. But his response was, funny you say that. This couch and this type of wine I'm currently drinking is part of no judgment storyline. And I thought that was quite scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Niall. <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> So open. He really just gives us everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this This is the couch. Swear <laughs> it happened. Um, but yeah, I did feel you like have anything? The, oh, sorry, the partner ahead. in No Judgment is like the healthiest relationship that's happening on this album. So true. <laughs> uh, um, and it's definitely grown on me, especially when you're listening to a whole bunch of songs and like you know one better than you know the others. It like gets mm-hmm. you to groove a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, next we have 
my most the song I was anticipating the most, which is mm-hmm. titled San Francisco, written by Horan Bonetta Cunningham and Jesso Jr. Um, produced by Bonetta Geiger and Jesso Jr. and is three minutes and twelve seconds long. Um and I don't remember if I said this, but I was thinking uh that this song was gonna maybe be like Journey. Mm. and literally opens with like a very journey piano movement um yes so when this started i heard that i was like yes i knew (laughs) i knew it i knew it (laughs) (laughs) um that made me like really really happy um and yeah i i love this song a lot it's definitely one of my favorites obviously i have like personal connection to it because i was born and grew up in san francisco but even aside from that I think it's a really beautiful song. Um, what are your feelings about it? Um, I'm just looking at the lyrics. These lines remind me of like albums one and two of One Direction. I want to kiss you like the first time, hold uh-huh. you like it's not goodbye. <laughs> Those you lines, know what this song so like super reminded me of though? What? Is Sam Hunt. I or like Hunter that. Hayes. Okay, uh, Sam Hunt is like a country singer, but his oh. he, it's kind of like country R&B almost. Okay. It's like very like modern country. Um, but this song sounds so much like a like a Sam Hunt song. <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, like a very country-esque guitar. Yeah. Um I like the sort of self-reflective wish I hadn't been so cruel. Um, mm-hmm. where it's like you know that you're part of the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like um, there's just some definitely personal lines on here. Drunk dialing, mm-hmm. full dive in. It feels like very real. Like these are situations that he actually um, was in. Yeah. Um, and then I said, I really like the syncopation of the chorus. Mm-hmm. Again, like San Francisco, like how he yes. says it is really interesting. Um, and then I really love the bridge on this one. Um, mm. And I almost kind of wished like more of what was on the bridge was in other parts of the song, like just sonically. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that sound a lot. And I was like, oh, I want a whole song that sounds like that. Interesting. Um, so maybe that's what makes it special because like yeah. you have this one little section of it but right. um yeah i really liked it a lot yeah <clears throat> um yeah he, niall said we already read these tweets when we were talking about heartbreak weather because he said that these are really related to each other but he said that san francisco sums up the whole storyline mm-hmm. um so it's obviously a really important song to the to the album Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's kind of obviously if Heartbreak Weather is where they met or where their relationship started, then San Francisco is where he's like, take me back to that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the way he says not like sings that line, not goodbye. It's like he's running out of breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it just has like this really country sound to it, especially after after he sings too late now. It's got this like guitar part that's like, it's just so country. Yeah. Um, and I love the show up at your doorstep soaking wet, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, that reminded like a... me of that song. That's like, um, what is it? Standing on the corner in the pouring rain. Mm-hmm. That song, whatever that one is, <laughs> I think it's Maroon 5 or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like that cliched movie 
movie scene where you know you show up at your ex-love's door in the rain and you know say (laughs) I really love you which I feel like has it relates to um when he was kind of talking about like that black and white when you're 15 and you meet someone and you think you're going to be in love um it's that same kind of love of like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna show up at your doorstep in the rain like the movies Mm -hmm. uh, and profess my love to you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I just love it so much I feel like it it really connects with me on such like a personal level I can't wait to do a song discussion about this one Mm -hmm. um and I really just love how incredibly personal he got and how open he's been with us like yeah um this song and then also later on dress he talks about his ex's stuff was in the house mm-hmm. and he doesn't say like you know that that feeling when this happens he was like oh this happened to me <laughs> right he yeah. saw his ex's stuff in the house and he was like oh i gotta move that right like he really is like just relates on such a personal level and is so mm-hmm. honest about about that and i really appreciate that yeah Okay, next we have track 14, which is still written by Horan, Briar, Scott, and Needle, and produced by Briar and Scott. This song is 4 minutes and 11 seconds long, and this is the last song on the non-deluxe version of the album. Um, Niall said about this song, still was the quickest song I've ever written. I wrote it in about seven minutes. I was that's crazy (laughs) I was in the studio and then the people I was working with went for dinner and I was in the studio on my own I picked up this guitar which was in a weird tuning and I started singing and didn't stop I kept going and wrote that I'm still in love with you after all these songs I've written the punchline is I'm still in love with you you're apologizing and you're doing a bit of self-deprecation and and then at the end I'm still in love with you um he said that still was the song he felt showed the most growth He says, it's a song I've been trying to write my whole life. Completely honest, musically stunning, lyrically smart. He said, still is beautiful live. That song is why I have to really take care of myself on the road. It's a very hard song to sing, and I need to try to be in my best shape possible and in a good voice to sing that song. Um, He also tweeted some of the lyrics. uh, If honesty means telling you the truth, well, I'm still in love with you. um, And said, the most honest lyric on the record. Um, and lastly, he said about those lyrics, um, it's the most important, oh, about the song, it's the most important, pull all of the songs above it together. Oh, I know. It, it isn't a, it's like an emotional kind of gut punch of a song because it especially really after the couple ones before, it was like, okay, he's kind of trying to get over this person. Mm-hmm. And then we have San Francisco and still, and it's like, mm-hmm. after all that, he's still, like it hasn't changed he's like yeah still so far from being over the person yeah totally yeah i love the honesty in this song i feel like it's kind of an extension of san francisco but instead of like being desperate it's kind of like here we are let's finally like communicate honestly Mm -hmm. and like take all the like muddiness out of it Mm. um and just like be honest Mm -hmm. um the lyric there's some lyrics from arms of a stranger which are if we're not going to do this honestly baby won't you give me back what you took apart um you know and then now now here later we have him um talking about uh if, if i'm being honest mm-hmm. <laughs> um i liked it immediately when i first heard it with like the finger-picked guitar and like slides that intro his- is 
I, I don't know what is going on, but it is exactly <laughs> the intro of Budapest by George Ezra. I'm not I, kidding. Yeah, it's the exact melody. I know. So uh, did they like take part of that song or what? <laughs> because it's literally I it. know. I wonder. I think that's why I liked it right away because I love that yeah. song. So I was like, this is exactly the George Ezra song. I know. Song. Me and Paige when we were listening to it, like we we like said that right away we were like this is budapest it's just a yeah. different key but it's the exact same melody yeah it's really interesting mm-hmm. that also happened on one of the earlier songs um i don't think i mentioned this and i actually don't know what song it is so if any listeners know um it's dear patience it sounds like another song i think it might be a song by train but it's the hey can i sh- can i sh- can you show your face mm. hey can you know yes what song is that? Yes. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is it the, Train? I don't know. But I, I swear this album has so many moments. <laughs> I was kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like with the Shawn Mendes and the Greatest Showman. I was like, that's exactly oh. from the Greatest Showman. That is so interesting. I was so confused. Yeah. But I, I don't but know. If, if anyone knows that Dear Patience one, tell me. It's like there's some song. It's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there totally is. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, but I also love the high singing in this song. Yeah. Uh, when Niall did his Instagram live and he sang this song, he sang it like an uh, octave lower. Or no, he didn't. Mm. He sang like with a harmony so that he wouldn't have to sing the, the high notes. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see him do that on tour. Um, mm-hmm. It is definitely higher than he's ever sung before. Um, and yet I wanted it to go higher and higher, like mm, on the bridge where it's like, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. I, he, it builds, but I feel like it needed to go up to an even higher level, like a falsetto right. level. Yeah. I like wanted that moment to happen and mm. it didn't. I was like, God damn it. Like Harry would have gone there. Why didn't you go there? Like <laughs> we needed another like, you know but mm. i guess like this is just a different style of song They're yeah more, like, pop rock genre not necessarily like that musical wildness genre right. <laughs> but i wanted it yeah yeah um i feel like this song might be my favorite um mm. i can't say that for sure but it's definitely up there mm. i think the last chorus when the big drums come in is going to be the lighter in the air moment at the shows mm. um the little violin, or I guess maybe it's the fiddle in the ending, is so sweet. And the whistle. Yes. Can we talk the, about like, the whistle? dying whistle. <laughs> the sweetest ending to a song I've ever heard. Yes. That whistle, like, it's like a stab in the heart. It's so, it's it like really the sound is. of heartbreak. Yeah. But also like the sound of like being in love with someone. Yeah. It's just, it's so beautiful and so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that little whistle. I really hope that he does it live. Um, and then obviously the bridge um, is very similar to fine line, the be all right. Because um, he just repeats, oh, we'll be all right. Oh, it'll be mm-hmm. all right. Oh, we'll be all right. Oh, it'll be all right. Um, and Harry sings that in his fine line. Song. Good that. Yeah. Was nice to meet you the only other one with a whistle on this album? I think so. Where's the whistle and nice to meet you? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I'm pretty sure it has it, though. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, okay, so then we have our deluxe edition 
songs. Um, first, we have f- track 15, which is Dress, written by Horan Kirsten and Julia Michaels, produced yes. by Greg Kirsten. It is three minutes and 26 seconds long. Um, and we also have Julia's voice on this song. Oh my um, gosh, I didn't know that. Did you hear? Could you hear the like female vocalize or harmonizing? I sometimes I don't know if it's like someone singing higher or like a musical instrument or yeah. what. what yeah, it was Julia. That. Now that you know, go back and I'm listen totally to this song and you'll hear it. She's got such a distinct voice. She really does. Um <clears throat> Niall said, Dress is my baby and a and a very emotional song to write. Personal stuff for me. Um, he said, it's a stunner. It gives me goosebumps. The lyrics couldn't be more honest if I tried. It does feel like one of the most personal songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like this, in the storyline theme, this is kind of the acceptance portion. Mm-hmm. That the relationship is over and you really should move on even though you don't want to. Yeah. Um, I love the the piano opening. Um. I feel sad that this song is like a bonus song mm-hmm. because it's so good. It's one of my favorites, um, especially with like the Irish folk um, sound to it. Yeah, the, I love that. The violin or fiddle is so spectacular and like the la la la's. Um, it just really feels really special too, this mm-hmm. song. And, and, and definitely sonically because of those noises, it stands out kind of differently than mm-hmm. other songs in the album. Besides like um, – uh, Dear Patience, which has that fiddle at the end. Like, yeah. This has a lot of sounds that sound like Niles, like mm-hmm. Irish influence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I would love to hear more of that, like, all over the album. I know. Me too. It's so unique. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely gonna, gonna be one of my favorites in the long mm-hmm. haul, in the long term, I'm sure. Um, all right, we're at our last song. It's track 16, Nothing. It is written by Horan, Bonetta, Ryan, and Jesso Jr., produced by Bonetta, Jesso Jr., and Jeff Gunnell. And it's two minutes and 45 seconds long. And um, this song, I feel like, again, has more of those kind of Zane vibes to it. Mm-hmm. It felt very unexpected, the sound. Um, and if I was going with the storyline as if this was the last song, I can only think like now you're broken up, but nothing feels like it can make you feel okay. <laughs> like the relationship's like over, but you're but you're yeah. like, you know, yeah. I, but I I I genuinely feel like this song uh, chronologically belongs somewhere else in the album. Mm-hmm. I agree. Otherwise, what a sad way to end. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know. What holds me when I'm alone? What makes the tiger tame? What turns the sky from black to gold? What sends my tears up in flames? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and then later it's nothing except your love. Yeah. Um, I'm unclear about this tiger line. Really? What makes the tiger tame? It's like to what tames the beast within me. I guess so. Only your love. It's too dramatic. <laughs> This is like this is like an emotional like you're you're at that like emotional like whiny pout stage. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I so. <laughs> I do really like the I do really like this this writing structure though. 
I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it remind me of, of Harry's style with the, like, one-word chorus. Yeah. Totally. But I also like how the verses aren't really, like, complete sentences. Mm. It's, like, kind of these little snippets, like the, what mm-hmm. holds me when I'm alone, what makes the tiger tame, what turns the sky from black to gold, mm-hmm. what moves me like a lightning bolt, what breaks me, helps me understand, what makes me disappear. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that is it. That's all the tracks. Um, the total length of this album with the Target Edition uh, tracks is 52 minutes, 15 seconds. Um, so just under an hour. I think it's a good length of an mm-hmm. album. Um, and yeah, what are your kind of feelings about how you're going to listen to this album over the next couple of months like do you think you'll keep listening to it do you think you'll pick out favorite songs and like put those on playlists um I think I'll probably keep listening to it as a whole album I think Mm -hmm. it's one of those albums that I do just want to play when I'm getting ready which is great Mm -hmm. um because then it'll make me listen to it because it'll like or just like when I'm cleaning or like doing laundry it's like I'm gonna put it on Mm -hmm. um or like going for a drive I'm not sure how many drives I'll be going to anytime right. soon, <laughs> but you could just um, drive around your neighborhood and go back home. Yeah, that's you what can I'm be. You can be mom. in your car. You can go on as many drives as you want. You just can't yeah. get out of your car. Please, right? I was like, they'll just have to be short enough that you don't have to pee. <laughs> like, yeah, my mom's like, we could wear diapers. <laughs> okay, my sister, um. my sister used to make me pee in a jar. Oh my god, that's we would so go on gross. Drives. I know, so gross. <laughs> Um, I don't think I could aim like that. It would just go everywhere. Um, um, yeah, I think I feel like just because it's such an upbeat, poppy thing, it like really feels necessary right now, and I'm happy yeah. to have it. And yeah, I think I'll keep listening to it. Um, and totally. and now I also like when I'm playing stuff out loud, like if I'm just always listening to Harry's album repeat, <laughs> my mm-hmm. family will be like, hey, can we listen to something else? And now I have two albums <laughs> yes. to like put on. So yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. Amazing. Um, what song are you most excited to do a song discussion about? Mm, maybe um, Small Talk. Um, maybe Dear Patience. Bend the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Small talk will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, this is one of your questions from old albums. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Sum up this album in three words. Oh, I didn't prepare for this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to go first? Sure, you go. Well, the first words I thought of were sad, honest, fun. (laughs) (laughs) That honestly... Is really true. And then a bonus word of Niles, filthy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Raunchy. Yes. Um, I'm going to say jammy, mm. 1D, mm-hmm. and bear. Bear? Like both. <laughs> in a sexy way but also in an emotionally honest way oh i see like not like a-r-e 
Right. I guess when you say bare, I'm thinking like the music is bare, like sparse. No. <laughs> but, but you <laughs> no. mean more lyrically. Yeah. Like or th- thematically. Yeah. Like emotionally, like you're bearing your soul type thing. <clears throat> right. But also like bare as in like nudity. Because I feel like there's yeah. a lot of sexy songs on this album. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have a recommendation? No. Okay. I don't either. Um, except that I've been rewatching The OC, and it's a really good time. If you ever watched The OC or were, were uh, a teenager in the early 2000s, uh, I'd recommend. What does the OC Orange County? Yes. Okay. It's like a it's like a teen a teen show. It's like you know very soap opera y. Got it. Um, very dramatic, but like fun, uh, very fun. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, we'd love to hear about what you thought about the show and your opinions on anything we discussed today. Um, please feel free to send us news stories or anything One Direction related you'd like to hear us talk about in future episodes. Uh, hope you enjoyed this very, very long episode. It's hard to make these album discussions short. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but thank you for listening to episode 214 of Talk Direction. You can find us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on Instagram at talkdirection. And you can follow us individually as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L U C C I A O H. And Caitlin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin I R Foster. And Caitlin is spelled C A I T L I N. Wonderful. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkdirection, where today on Talk Direction Down Low, we're going to be talking more about kind of how we're handling um, our own self-isolations and, um, you know, just talking about what we're kind of doing to get through that. Um, so you can find that at patreon.com slash talkdirection. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. <clears throat> Leave us a review if you like this show to help more people discover it. Um, and you can also listen on SoundCloud. I'm Lucia. I'm Caitlin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 215. Bye. Bye.